<laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Indie Author Interview Series. This is Pip Coleman. And today I have as my guest, Catherine Haig, all the way from Queensland. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you, Pippa. Pleased to be here. <laughs> Second time lucky. Yes. Yes. We are we're having fun and games with our internet today. And so we've just decided that we're going to do it this way instead. Which is <laughs> this is good fun. This is good. So Catherine, the lovely Catherine is joining me, um, as I said, from Queensland, and she's a um, has her own business uh, with a Montessori preschool. And she's been teaching for um, 30 years in uh, various schools around the world. Uh, so today she's going to be talking to us about her beautiful book that she's written um, and more, I hear. There are more <laughs> in the works. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Perhaps you could share, Catherine, um, how you came to be a teacher and that what inspired you to, to write the book. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so hi, everybody. Um, I decided I wanted to be a teacher from the age of five. And sometimes things don't quite go that way. And I started like looking after children and having an interest in them in my teens. And um, I got a job in London as a nanny. Yeah. After four years, I got the opportunity to go to Florida. And I was a nanny over there. And that's how I came across the Montessori um, philosophy and education. It's quite big, actually, in America. Mm, yes. So um, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So um, one of the um, families um, used to send their children there. And the owner and teacher there said, oh, you'd make a great Montessori teacher. And I went home. I mean, there wasn't the internet or Google back then. But I did go to the library, I think, and researched about what it was. And I really loved the philosophy and the mm. idea behind it. So um, I decided to enrol with the London Montessori Centre and did my diploma. And then I did an internship in Florida. So I was there for about four years. And then I returned back to the UK. Oh, wow. So I pra yeah, practiced Montessori for three years, two and a half, three years in the UK and decided um, I would like to do my teaching degree and perhaps work in the mainstream system. There wasn't really many, many Montessori um, preschools around the area where I did live in the UK so um, I went back to uni at 29 mm. and worked a couple of days in a Montessori um, school one of the two that was in the whole area mm -hmm. and um, after my four years I got into the school system and I still wanted to work with the early years um, sector that's always been my passion yeah, um, you I really love the younger you prefer the younger kids yeah I have taught all through um, from prep right all the way through to grade six, mm -hmm. um, but I do particularly like the early years because I'm really keen on the social and emotional side um, of the way children develop at that mm -hmm. age. Um, in fact, part of my degree was psychology and um, child behavior. I just really right. loved, um, you know, human behavior. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. So from uh, working with... Um, children and um, coming over to Australia about 10 years ago with my family I didn't get into the teaching system here so um, I didn't want to go away and do the remote teaching because my girls were only six and eight at the time mm. so I did some kindergarten teaching for about four years locally and then I, I heard about the family daycare um, system over here which we've not really got in the UK so right. I thought oh maybe I could start a little preschool at home and bring all my knowledge and expertise mm. into one place 
and see how it goes. And here I am seven years later, um, lots of things have come from this business actually. And one of the things that I did notice was um, recently over the last few years, years anxiety seems to be um, a bit, play a big part, especially separation anxiety, but even in adults um, and children. And that's something that I experienced firsthand. And I thought, well, maybe I can help children because I'd learned a lot about it and had lots of tools. Yeah. Um, so I started before. This was before COVID happened. So you already noticed this happening yes. before, yeah. right? Yeah. So this was Probably something. Three or yeah. four years ago. Yeah. So um, I just was running on adrenaline. Teaching's um, a big job and I think you give mm. everything. And yeah. I just burned out and that's why I mm. wanted to go smaller as well. And through that, I experienced anxiety and I learned all about um, what it meant and being in the present moment and I'm like well how can I make I felt like that was my calling I'm like how can I help children deal with this and what tools do I use so I started bringing yoga in uh, meditation and things like that so um, parents are always asking advice on separation anxiety and anxiety itself so I set up a Facebook group um, and I just kind of explored a little bit and that ended up more about tips and, you know, things that toddlers and young children did. And I just felt that wasn't the way I wanted to go. So when I really thought about it, I thought I'm really good at communicating and writing. They're my strengths. Um, I didn't think about art at the time because I didn't know I was going to illustrate the book. And I thought, um, let me just think about if I could express through a book telling a story, then mm -hmm. it's a really nice way for parents to connect through a book and yeah. subtly pass the message on about connectedness. Yeah. So I just started writing this book one day. In fact, I woke up and had, a, had this dream and I had the dream of this vivid peacock. In fact, I'll show you a little picture. That's yeah. I go to this peacock, a rainbow peacock. Wow. That's and so cool. uh, I got up and painted it that day. I've not painted for about 20 or 30 years. And I thought <laughs> this peacock is gonna have like seven colors and I'm gonna write a series of seven books. And in each, um, in each color of the rainbow there's going to be a different emotion it just kind of all came together yeah. so I started writing the book and um it came to the point where I needed an illustrator mm. and it just seemed in the too hard basket trying to communicate I thought am I going to communicate with someone maybe overseas I don't mm. want to pay for it done on the cheap I want it done properly and I thought why don't I illustrate it I can paint I've not painted for years yeah. So the next minute I've done page one and I'm like, oh, this is really fun. Until I got to about page five and it felt like a mountain. I'm like, what have I set on here? I'm running the business <laughs> and I'm painting as well. And it just seems so hard trying to paint animals, which is not my strength. But I kept thinking I've got to keep going now. This is, you know, people kept pushing me on. Yeah. So I then had to decide about the title. Um, and um, I came up with the powerful peacock because I wanted mm. this peacock character to be a bit like a counselor or an advisor. And yeah. he only turned up and appears when, um, well, there's animals in this first book, when the animals needed some answers or, you know, just some advice. So it's yeah. a bit like a counselor in a way, but in a gentle way. Mm. And um, yeah, so from there, really, um, when people started buying my book, they were like, wow, I can't believe you've hand painted these illustrations. Mm. And maybe you could do art classes with our children. So I always used to like think, where am I going to get my clients from? And then someone said one day, well, you've got your clients, you've got all your families. Um, right. So, 
yeah, it was weird because right under my nose. So I'm like, well, this makes sense. Let me do some workshops. And they filled up. I started doing them in school all the days. And we started adding positive and, well, empowering affirmations. Mm -hmm. So children could really take, um, step into their power and think about what good things they could contribute to the world. You know, like, yeah. I am confident. I am creative. Yeah. Um, I'm a good friend so that element is in the workshops and um, teaching them how to do watercolors because it is a watercolor painted book cool. so that's where it kind of started with yeah. the art classes and I've got that's a little true. picture here that's my book yeah. that's the artwork Yay. beautiful so I love all, how you, yeah I love how all. you've done the the feathers and the oh look at the little deer yeah the little feathers um there's a little blue one there they're kind of hard to spot but yeah. um the idea will be to find the feather in every book and I started with the blue feathers because I thought a peacock's mainly blue and it's a little blues are cool like cold color and the story of the emotions is the mom is um quite distant she's not emotionally engaged yeah. with the child in here and this is how the peacock helps connect them again so right. it's just a really nice way of you know hinting to parents not like telling parents but just a nice gesture of how we can just look and acknowledge our child because we do yeah. listen to answer we don't listen to listen and just simple a simple smile you know when a child's talking to you it, yeah. they feel acknowledged and heard and we all want to feel acknowledged and heard don't we so yeah. you know that's that's what the idea is behind the story really for that's parents so to cool. So in the book, you said that there's animals and yes. the animals are, what's the main character other than the peacock? So that, do different animals come and talk to the peacock or is there one, is the deer the main, the main one? The main one is, yeah, the main one is the deer and um, a baby deer in this one and mum goes off. It's very parallel to how our lives are busy as parents. You know, mums have yeah. to work you know years ago my grandma was there if my mum was working and through right. the generations it's changed and most families have you know two people working in them so um, the mum goes off on the morning to hunt for berries but it's almost like an avoidance in this story that mm. she don't really know how to be around the child because she lost her mum so that's yeah. how the story develops and then the child's making a few decisions on their own which is like what I was as a teenager mm. you know my parents split up and I was kind of making decisions at 14 you know yeah. I look back now and I'm really grateful for that but at the time I was making so many mistakes and I just wanted that guidance so it's just like that acknowledgement as well where your mum's saying yep yeah, you know that's great or you did a great job there I just mm. wanted that acknowledgement myself so it's a little bit based on that the story and I didn't know that when I wrote it I look back and I thought that's a little bit similar to my life story <laughs> well yes. I think you know as an author myself I know that you know mine was my book was actually a a non-fiction book so it was absolutely my life you know that I was drawing on but I meet so many authors that in their fiction stories their children's books or their their whatever novels they're writing they always draw on their own life experience and their characters have elements of themselves and elements of their parents and elements of their siblings whether they're exactly the same you know but there's a little bit of us in all of our work isn't there yeah it's our it's our life experience isn't it yeah. so I guess it's what they say that you think the same thoughts over and over again and carry the same stories so I guess that is our our bodies is that walking text 
book <laughs> if you like so yeah. it just it just does come out because that that's one big one big learning from the book that yes. so even in the second book I started it's like wow this is just so much about what I do in my life mm. it's weird you know and it's it's easy to write because it's just from first-hand experience yeah so the second book is the one that you just recently had a dream about yeah well the second one um I woke up I think it was Monday or Tuesday this week and um I was just laid there for 10 minutes in bed I'm usually up and busy and um I was just thinking of this really cool story and it was almost like it had come out of my sleep and you know when you when you think in the shower in the morning all the good ideas come and yeah. I think in those moments of quietness answers come to me and I'm just suddenly thinking about this um story and it's nothing to do with the peacock because I thought that would be my second book following on and I'm like no I'm just going to go with this one and it's got elements of the peacock um you know like the tree and the hearts and the river um so it's unfolded really interesting that's so I thought write this down quickly while it's <laughs> in my mind and then yep. today when I went to write it up fully I'm glad I wrote those notes because I'd remembered it a little bit different and I'm, I went back to my notes and I'm like no the notes flow really well right so right. That's, that's my next story <laughs> so cool that you say that because I was reading um Elizabeth Gilbert's book Big Magic and one of the things that she talks about is when an idea is comes at you galloping at you and if you don't grab it by the tail it will disappear and go off to somebody else if you don't grab it and take hold of it and like do it. And she said there was a lady, she was talking about a poet from a long time ago and an older lady who told her that she used to be out in the field or, you know, doing the washing or whatever. And she'd have an idea that would come and she'd have to run into the house and get a piece of paper and write down the idea really quickly because otherwise it would like gallop off in the opposite direction. And yeah. she, I just thought that was such a beautiful imagery around what it feels like when an idea comes to you and you're just like oh, I have to write this down straight away you know that's why musicians write on like napkins and um, <laughs> you know you hear how people have that sort of moment of inspiration and if you don't write it down like you say when you wake up from a dream if you don't write it down straight away it sort of fades off into and it disappears and you go oh what was that idea that I had about a tree and a heart and a yeah and you remember bits of it but yeah it, I love that that concept of it galloping towards you and you have to grab it <laughs> and the thing is as well um, I've heard that if you don't do it someone else will have that idea yes. years down the line and you will have wished you'd done it and yes. I've seen that happen before like even the other day I was having a self-care day and I'm really big on that that's also part of what I practice um, with parents um, that come to me and I'm just thinking I could help parents create this so then I got out of the bathroom I'm writing all these notes and I text <laughs> my friend and said I've got this really good idea do you think parents would look like it she's like sign me up sign me up and she said, get that done now you might even get that out before Christmas yeah. so I just, it's really important to do like what you say write it down and yeah yeah, yeah. or you forget and it becomes someone else's <laughs> Right. And, and what Elizabeth said is to that if you don't take it, she actually says things like, you know, if the idea is not right or it doesn't fit with her schedule, she'll say, thank you for coming. I hand you off to somebody else to take the mantle and, and do this idea. And she, she does it in sort of a rather than getting sad or going, oh, that was my idea. She says the idea 
went to somebody else because I <laughs> couldn't give it the time or, or whatever. And I love that sort of concept of it's everybody's idea, but not everybody's going to take action on it. Yeah, I like that. That yeah. resonated, definitely. It was gorgeous. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that. That book is is one of my little, um, you know, turn. I grab it when I need to get that inspiration and reminder of magic when you are creating things. So, yes, yeah, I like her work. Yes, mm. me too. And I've I love that she does fiction and nonfiction. So she's she's very clever in the way that she writes. But um, yeah, yeah. So the so the peak the um, powerful peacock is the first one, mm -hmm. and then the sec. Have you got a name for the second book yet, or is it not quite formulated? I'm just toying around with it. It's either going to be my first book's lot got lots of rainbows in, and I think um, even my art style is about vibrancy and color, and I like those. Um, that number seven and those colors so I think I'm going to um well it's just actually going to be in that book so I'm going to use all the hearts and it's going to be about a tree yeah I don't know if it's going to be a magic tree or the abundance tree mm. the title sometimes comes and then yeah. the book comes and then you go yeah. back and tweak sure. tweak the book yeah it yeah, yeah it'll yeah. depend really I'll have to look as well see if there's any other books with those yeah. names um, right so yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's so Time cool. not definite yet, but the plot's there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love it. I think sometimes the title is really obvious. Like my book, Finding My Soul at Sea, was I always called it that. It started out as that and it never changed. Whereas other people will say, oh, I went back and forth between, you know, a number of different titles and, and sometimes mm -hmm. it's not clear until you finish the book. Yeah how it's going to be, what it's going to be called. So yeah. that's fantastic. So um, now that we've kind of talked a little bit about the book, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier about the workshops that have kind of evolved from that. Uh -huh. You And you said that you had been painting before. So what's the, um, what do the workshops involve when, when someone comes to a workshop and you've got one coming up in January, is that right? Uh -huh. Well, we've got yeah. two workshops coming up, but maybe you could sort of share a little bit about what the workshops involve. Yeah, sure. So from um, the book, the parents like who was in my um, care just said, I really love your artwork and that you've done it by hand. You know, that's a great example for children mm. to see like non-digital arts in yeah. books. So they said, well, have you ever thought of doing art classes, which I've been asked a few times by parents over the years. So I said, yeah, I suppose I could create something um I said but I really want it to align so the children are I'm really big on intrinsic motivation so I thought I want it to be something where they take their power back mm. and I'm like oh I'm going to call it the empowering peacocks so it's almost like a little club that's come from the peacocks yeah. <laughs> um, and the children are called the empowering peacocks so um, every school holiday I put together like a three-hour workshop at my home and it's usually in watercolors and it starts the first one started off with a peacock and it had lots of um, affirmations on its feathers yeah. and the children you know they learn about the watercolor washers I did a rainbow wash in the background and then um, they designed a peacock on top and we got all the feathers out and you know all the crafts and everything great. but I hired a yoga teacher to come in because I thought it's really great to Bring that mindfulness in, in as well. I want to teach tools that children can use and go into adulthood with that are normal to them. I'd never heard of yoga till about 10 years ago. So, right. like, it's more children are doing that more now. 
So um, I created this um, workshop and um, I just trialed and tested it. The second one, we did Zumba classes and the kids loved that. So I had little workstations and um, I had 12 the second time it got overbooked. And I thought to try and get 12 children doing some artwork and all these different things in three hours, I thought I'm going to go back and scale it back to about eight or nine. Because after I just thought, I think I need a week off. Because <laughs> like Catherine, Catherine, and you know, we've got air dryers involved and um, you name it, lots of glue and glitter oh, and everything. Gosh. So, so um, we went back to eight and then the COVID hit. So I went to try and do it online and I spent quite some time creating an online um, course which started off with sunflowers and affirmations what does a sunflower make you feel but that never took off everyone said I like the connectedness I like my kids to come yeah. to you and I think I was panicking that like oh you know the COVID might be a forever I need to go online but it just yeah. didn't work and it took me a while to just accept that I wasn't going to be yeah, an online just let it. yeah <laughs> yeah so I yeah. thought I'm going to go with the flow and go back to doing them in person. Yeah. So um, we've got our Christmas one coming up on the 16th, not the 16th, sorry, I'm getting mixed up with that. It's 21st, Monday the 21st of December. And as soon as I launched that last week, that's pretty much filled up. I've only got a couple of places left and that's $35. And I run it at my home in yeah. Queensland on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. And um, I think you're putting the links I will. Yes, yes. I'll, we'll put the links to the workshops and to where they can get the book from as well to the website. Yes. So they'll be there underneath um, the video that you're watching now. So um, they can look at that. So the kids self discovery retreat is in January, which is the 21st. Uh, sorry, the that's the 16th, the 16th of Jan. And the Christmas one is on the 21st of December. December. Yeah, yeah, so we thought I thought about putting the the energy one, the kids energy one is a different one. So um, I had an appointment with my nutritionist, um, Rebecca Rowe, about, I don't know, a few months ago. And we just got talking it just out. We've got the same birthdays and we're both into Reiki. And we were like, you know, we'd be really good at bringing something together for children. And before I'd left a driveway, we'd <laughs> created this whole workshop and we'd put it together and we'd launched it for October. And it was really, really great. We did it up at her house um, up in Yamundi on the coast. And the children that came were so beautiful. She got them in a circle and did this. Um, and make, the kids absolutely loved the meditation. We mm. thought, how will they go with the meditation? And they like got up from it and said, gosh, I love that meditation. Can we do it again? So children really do <laughs> need that. Yes. And she taught, she's taught them about holding an energy ball and putting all your emotions into this ball. Mm. So we did some, I did some painting with color therapy and um, emotions and talked about what colors can feel like. Red could make you feel angry. And um, we just used that one as a basis. And then, uh, and then we've decided to um, paint these. I'm, I'm going to be painting these um, energy balls while the children are in watercolors. And right. I'm going to try and get them to think deeper about color and emotion and they're going to express. So my message has basically become art is a tool for self-care and for connecting and really for children I think they're not getting as much art as they would like from talking mm. to children firsthand at school and they are so eager to get straight into the art part yeah. of anything so I feel that there is a need and a gap for that so that's why I'm mm. continuing to expand with older children as well because the mm. second one is for 7 to 11 whereas the first one is more age 5 to 8 or 9 so we've got a crossover going now um, yeah. So they, I hope that the one on the um, 16th 
will attract more children. Secondly, firstly, because it's the second one we're doing, it's in a different location. And by the end of the holidays, um, the kids might be getting ready to do something and so might the parents. So we've put it there, especially um, in the middle of January, a week or so before they go back to school. So they've got something to look forward to if they want to yeah. come to it. Yep. Yeah, a little bit of psychology there. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is, what about the parent, the workshops for the parents? Have you been doing any of those yet? Yes, so um, in May, as soon as the numbers, like as soon as the numbers were lifted in Queensland, we have been so lucky mm. with the restrictions. Right. I just, it, the timing, I don't know how it happened, Pip, but my best friend said to me, Catherine, why don't you do adults? You're always doing for children. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what it would be like teaching adults. And it's actually been a pleasure. I love it. Yeah. It's, you're not spoon feeding them like children. You've, <laughs> yeah. got to do, you've got to break it down. Whereas you just show them the paints and the water and the technique and they're like children. Oh, let me at it. I've never yeah. used watercolour. And the stories that I hear from adults is that at school, the, the teacher took the paintbrush out of their hand and they've never done art since. Yeah. So basically, she, I just opened up these watercolour classes and I think I've done about five or six this year in between all the workshops and <laughs> running yeah. the business. I don't know how, where yeah. I find time. And the women really right. loved the art workshops, the watercolour ones, and um, I've really done lots of work on mandalas. So I said to the women, why don't we do a workshop and have a whole day and block it out, 10 till 4. You're telling me you've not got enough you know, time to finish your artwork let me do some magic. So I added in a cacao, told them how to do a cacao ceremony. And um, we did some art therapy activities with meditation. And um, we did some mandalas and I taught them how connectedness comes into the art and how the wholeness of the mandala works. We did a lot of, well, not a lot of psychology, but they really were fascinated with that. And um, I've already been asked to do another one for a friend um, next year. So I asked the women how often will, you know, would you, benefit from these and they said at least every quarter because you make that time and you book it and mm. you come and some of them said it's so nice to have a drink made for you when you've got your children <laughs> you know yeah, so that's that's cool as well so I'll be doing more of those fantastic so that's so simple isn't it you know um isn't it beautiful how it's just evolved so naturally yeah. and you haven't had to force it and don't I always find that I know that it's right when it's really, really easy and it flows and it just sort of opens up and people call you, you know, like, for example, how we met, you know, you yeah. um, you knew one of my other good friends, Andrew, who yeah. had, you know, he had a beautiful interview about his children's books and then you called me and I just thought it's so amazing when you start to do the things that you really love and then people get attracted to it. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. It is. It's, and, and like when I opened my um, little daycare at home, I just I thought my husband doesn't like change. So I thought I'll not tell him. So I've been doing all the background work and getting the checks done and the gates on and everything. And then one morning I woke up, I said, I'm handing my notice in today. And he's like, what? You know, I says, yeah, I'm going to be opening the daycare on Friday. And he's like, where are you going to get all the kids from? I said, I don't know. I'm hoping they'll just come to me. <laughs> anyway, I filled I'd filled all my spaces within 48 hours, and it's been like that for the last seven years. So I said, I think I think I maybe I'm meant to be doing this because the right families that align with me just seem to find me rather than me advertise, and it's yep. word of mouth. So mm -hmm. it's really interesting 
how you say the flow just happens. And I used to always want to push things and make them happen. I'm a planner, but I've learned since I've had my own business to just trust, you know, trust that things are going to happen for you. Definitely. It's such a huge thing that trust is such a, it's massive. It's that's yeah. the biggest, the biggest thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if people want to get in touch with you, um, you, they can get in touch with you through the school or they can get in touch with you through your directly through Catherine Haig Facebook yes. page. What's yeah. the name of the school again? So everybody knows. Um, the preschool is called Lily Pilly's Montessori Family Daycare. That's on a Facebook page. Yeah. Um, like a business page. Yeah. Yeah. So and I'll then put that link in the blurb as well. Okay. And I am recruiting for next year because um, I've got most of my little munchkins are off to school and prep. Some of them have been with me as long as four years. Um, and I've just got a few more spots available next year. So I've not had it like this before. Mm. But again, I'm trusting. Yes. And um, yeah, I'm trusting <laughs> the universe. And then my, I've got another business page um, under Catherine Haig, um, author and illustrator. Um, right. Just built the stuff on there but that's where we put all our workshops and yeah the children's workshops and art workshops yeah okay great so I'll make sure that all of those links are underneath the the video so that everybody can get in touch with you depending on what they're interested in talking to you about okay. as well yeah. so okay. it's been a pleasure to talk to you today and uh this is uh you know the indie author interview series is obviously available to any author um, you don't have to be an independent author. Um, so get in touch with me at Pip Coleman, author coach, if you would like to be interviewed, just like Catherine. And mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, we will talk very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today, Catherine. It's been lovely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you Thank soon. You. Have a great weekend. Bye.